Well, the Big 12 Bowl schedule has been announced, and I'll tell you what, it's it's bittersweet for me. I'm not sure about you. I, I love bowl season, but obviously it means the end of the regular season in college football. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and we appreciate you joining us and being a part of the show. Before we get it rolling, guys, please, as always, take a minute and uh, leave us that rating, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. That helps us tremendously, and we appreciate you taking the time. And in return, I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie if you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo. That's Pete, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. So we'll get the koozie in the mail for you guys if you can take a minute out to leave us that rating and review. And also consider becoming a Patreon member. We've got great opportunities for you to be involved with our website. Go to patreon.com slash heartlandcollegesports to take a look at what we're offering over there. Thanks so much, guys. So let's get right to it here with these bowl games and um, just run them down here real quick. Texas Bowl, Oklahoma State taking on Texas A&M. In the Liberty Bowl, it's Kansas State against Navy. Meantime, we've got the Camping World Bowl. That's Iowa State uh, versus Notre Dame. Of course, the Alamo Bowl, Texas taking on Utah. Sugar Bowl, Baylor against Georgia. And then the Peach Bowl, of course, Oklahoma and LSU. That's the college football playoff semifinal. So just some general thoughts on these games and the matchups, by the way. Um, Not ideal uh, outside of, of course, the college football playoff, OU and LSU. That's a no-brainer. That's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Sugar Bowl is always Big 12 SEC or usually Big 12 SEC, and you love seeing Baylor against Georgia in that game. Uh, Take the under, whatever it is. And then Iowa State, Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. That will be a very underrated game. I'm sure Notre Dame's going to go into it thinking they've got it locked down. And those of us that watch the Big 12 know that is absolutely not the case. Uh, Then you've got a drop-off. Like, those three games have a lot of intrigue to me. But then Texas, Utah, and the Alamo Bowl, like, eh, is anyone juiced up for that game at all? Anybody? Um, Oklahoma State A&M, if Tylen Wallace was healthy, if Spencer Sanders was healthy, and we don't know yet if Chuba Hubbard's going to play, then there's intrigue there. But with those three likely not playing, it could be ugly for Oklahoma State. You know, I hope it's not. Oklahoma State's got a good track record in bowl games under Mike Gundy, 9-4 and four during his tenure there in Stillwater. But it's going to be tough. A&M has uh, played a lot of good teams. Now they've lost to all those good teams, but they've played a lot of good teams. And Kansas State against Navy in the Liberty Bowl. K-State fans are upset by this, and and I get it. You know, it's nothing against the military schools, but for me, I have a tough time rooting against military schools for obvious reasons, right? But I'm obviously going to be pulling for K-State in this one. That being said, you want the Power 5 opponents. You get Navy. Now, Navy is a good team. They're a top 25 team. They're ranked 23rd. They're a good football program, and they have been now for a few years. But I understand the pizzazz of Navy is not there like it would be for one of the Power 5 conference schools. Um, And also, K-State fans are annoyed. They're annoyed because the Alamo Bowl went to Texas, who's 7-5, and and the Camping World Bowl went to Iowa State, who is 7-5. And and they're stuck in the lesser of the bowl games here for the Big 12 and the Liberty Bowl, despite having a better record than both of those teams. But... You know, I hate to break it to you, K-State fans. It's not to knock you, but this stuff is determined by money 
and TV ratings. And that's that's it. It's nothing personal. It's nothing against Manhattan. It's nothing against Chris Kleiman. But when you talk about sexy matchups, Kansas State, as much as this team and program has wildly exceeded expectations this year, and those of us who follow the Big 12 consistently know it's a really good team, and Chris Kleiman is building a hell of a program, and he did wonders in his first year on the job. I mean, who saw this team winning a top-five game, finishing up 8-4, and four, beating an SEC team on the road, winning Farmageddon against Iowa State? I, there is so much to look at this year and be like, what a year for the Kansas State Wildcats. No question about it. But if you're the Alamo Bowl and you know, you've got a chance – to take the Texas Longhorns. And while, you know, I think the Longhorns and their fan base would have traveled to Orlando to see this team play Notre Dame just because that's a fun matchup, they'll still show up in San Antonio for the Alamo Bowl. No doubt in my mind they will show up for that. And you've got, then if you're the Camping World Bowl, it's like, okay, Iowa State has built a reputation as a program that will travel, right? I mean, they have developed not just a reputation in terms of, people talking about them, they've developed a social media following on this stuff where, you know, Bush Light will tweet out, hey, San Antonio, hope you don't run out of Bush Light when we come to town for the Alamo Bowl, like they did last year. Kansas City, where I live, Sprint Center, hey, uh, hope you guys don't run out of Bush Light at Power and Light District during the Big 12 tournament. Like, they travel. And then I just saw Jamie Pollard, their athletic director, crowing on social media about, you know, how jacked up he is that his fan base is buying trips down to Orlando at a record-setting pace. You get to go to Disney World if you want to do that whole thing around Christmas time, which is, hey, it's chaos. I've done it as a kid. It's always fun, though. And then you get to see your team play while Notre Dame is, you know, not the program that its alumni base thinks it is. It's still a historic program, and it's a top-15 team. And when the heck is Iowa State going to be playing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish next? This team travels. The fan base travels. So if you're the Camping World Bowl, are you taking Iowa State or are you taking Kansas State? And be honest with yourself now. If you're the folks running the Camping World Bowl and you can choose Iowa State or Kansas State, which one are you taking? And if you're a K-State fan, if you're really digging down deep inside your soul, you got to admit you're taking Iowa State, right? I know you guys beat them. But bowl games are not always about the matchup. They're not, they never have been, and they never will be. So you know what? Here's what Kansas State fans can do. They can go to the Liberty Bowl, and they can pack that stadium in Memphis. By the way, you'll have a great time down on Beale Street. I haven't been there yet, but I've heard very good things. I hope to get there at some point in the not-too-distant future. And you can show that, hey, this Wildcat fan base is going to travel. It's going to support this team no matter what, through thick and thin, and we will be there in Memphis owning that stadium at the Liberty Bowl. That's the best thing you can do because then you'll impress other bowls. And then if it's down to, you know, the Wildcats and the Iowa State Cyclones for a bowl game, they'll consider K-State. So it's not really a knock on K-State as much as it is a testament to what Iowa State and its fan base has developed in terms of traveling to these events, showing up, and by the way, spending money, which is a big part of it. Even if all the money's on Bush Lights, they're spending money, which is uh, which is absolutely worth something to these bowls, and they're buying tickets and going to town. So that's what it's about. It's, it's not a knock on Kansas State. It's not a knock on Chris Kleiman. 
But there's a big drop-off in the bowls uh, this year for the Big 12. And it's weird only having six bowls for Big 12 teams. You know, a couple of years ago, they had eight bowl games. Eight of ten teams were going bowling. Now you've got six of ten because TCU was upset by West Virginia in that final game of the regular season, which, of course, was surprising. I thought TCU would win it straight up. I didn't think they'd cover the two-touchdown spread. I thought they'd win it straight up and be 6-6 six and six in goal bowling. They're not. They're not doing it. And, you know, Coach Mac Brown, if you missed this, uh, Mac Brown, of course, former Texas coach, current coach at North Carolina, he had a statement that went viral. And it was about how he's so happy that his team is going bowling because for a lot of these kids, they don't have uh, somewhere stable to go over the Christmas break. You know, they don't have a place where they're going and they're getting gifts. These bowls, while we goof on them all the time and we joke about them all the time, the kids get gifts. They get showered with gifts. They get a nice little, you know, vacation trip, play football type of thing. It's fun. It's camaraderie. It's a good thing to do over the holidays. So there's a lot of benefits for the kids. So when we talk about, you know, oh, it's a meaningless bowl game or, oh, we got the Liberty Bowl, not the Camping World Bowl, just remember, for these kids, uh, many of who are underprivileged, this is a big deal. This is an exciting time for them, and we should ultimately all be happy for them as well because uh, it makes it makes their holiday season a lot better and a lot brighter, and that's an important angle to this too. Now, the Alamo Bowl. Something I heard, I don't know how true this is, but some rumblings that I heard is that uh, the Texas Bowl wanted to put Texas A&M against Texas in that game, but uh, basically neither team would uh, would allow that to happen. I, I don't know who's to blame here. I don't want to point fingers, but whoever it is, the Aggies or the Longhorns, you guys got to get over this, all right? You don't want to play each other or whatever the reason is. I somewhat understand it because you both want to argue that you should have bragging rights in the state. Although right now, Baylor's got the bragging rights in the state of Texas. Sorry, guys. Uh, the Bears have it. But you want to go back and forth, have a pissing contest over it, man up, play each other, all right? And if you don't want to do it in bowl games, get something on the calendar, all right? I know it's been talked about, and you guys always say, yeah, you know, I'll play them, but they don't want to play. Uh, they don't want to play me. It's their fault. Stop. Get back on the field and play each other and give the fans what they want. So I'm not holding my breath, but I certainly would love to see that here at some point uh, in the not-too-distant future. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your Big 12 independent digital media outlet. Always great to have you guys on board. Bowl season is upon us. We'll have plenty of coverage for you here coming up over the uh, next couple of weeks. And by the way, we don't stop this show after football season, baby. We keep it going through hoops, through the offseason, we are every week, all year round. Now, our Sunday show that we do on podcast only will go away um, since the season's come to an end. But we're still going to be giving you interviews and podcasts every week here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. And, of course, on our radio affiliates, who we love and appreciate in Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, Missouri, and West Virginia. You guys are awesome. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Coming up, let's rank the bowl games from best to worst, we'll do it next. Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo, and hey, bowl season is here. Don't let up now. You got bowl season, you got the NFL, of course, in full swing with the playoffs right around the corner, and it's the chance to get in with our partners at mybookie.ag. 
They are giving you a 50% match on your deposits when you use the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 50% sign-up bonus. That means you put in 500, you get 250 free. You don't have to unlock it or anything like that. It just goes right into your account. We're going to have picks for you throughout the entire uh, Big 12 Bowl season. It's going to be fantastic. And we're on a roll, by the way, with those picks. I mean, we are rocking and rolling. 15-4-1 the last few weeks in our Big 12 picks. So get on board now. MyBookie.ag, promo code BIG12. That's Big 12 to get your extra cash from my bookie. You can't beat them. They got the parlays. You want to do that. You want to mix it up outside the Big 12 with some uh, UFC or NFL. They've got it all for you at mybookie.ag. Promo code Big 12. That's Big 1 2 for the sign up bonus. Bet, win, get paid at my bookie. Well, let's get to it, and let's uh, rank the Big 12 Bowl games. We'll go from worst to first. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So we'll go worst to first, and we'll start at the bottom. And for a lot of the reasons that we just mentioned earlier in the show, I've got to put the Kansas State Wildcats Liberty Bowl matchup against Navy um, at the bottom. You know, I'm sorry, but you're not taking on a Power 5 team. And I know Navy's ranked in the top 25, so if K-State can get a top 25 win as an unranked team technically, that would be great for the Big 12 and great for the program, ending on a high note. But when you talk about compelling matchups, as much as I respect the heck out of the military schools, and I hate rooting against them, of course I will be, but uh, when you're facing a military school and everybody else has a pretty good uh, power five opponents, you find yourself at the bottom of the list. So K-State taking on Navy in a Liberty Bowl is the worst of our Big 12 Bowl games as we go from worst to first. Next up, Oklahoma State taking on Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl. Now, here's the deal. This game could be higher if Oklahoma State had its stars playing. Tylen Wallace not playing. Um, Spencer Sanders, I assume, not playing after undergoing thumb surgery. And the question is, what should Chuba Hubbard do? Will he declare for the NFL draft? Is he going to come back? Don't know yet. But either way, I don't think it matters. He shouldn't play. Uh, You know, Chuba Hubbard should not be playing in this game, even if he might come back. Like, what's the point? God forbid the guy blows out a knee or something like that. You're going to blow out a knee in the Texas Bowl? You can't do it. Not when you're a running back. You've only got so many carries in your body, and you're playing the most dangerous position on the field. I I don't think it makes any sense for Chuba Hubbard to play in this game. If I'm Mike Gundy, I'm like, I want to beat Texas A&M, but I totally understand why this guy would not want to play, and I would support him in that decision to not play. Now, I'd love for him to come back. My hunch says it's not happening, but I'd love for Chuba Hubbard to come back. But uh, he can't be playing in this game. He just can't do it. And it pains me because that would give them a better chance of beating an SEC opponent, which obviously, you know, I want to see. I want to see Oklahoma State beat an SEC opponent, especially one like the Aggies, I mean, who just brag about how good their losses are. Have you ever seen a team brag about losing games like Texas A&M does? I mean, they are pros. They've got it down to a T. They know how to brag about losing games, man. I mean, that, that is their specialty. That is their specialty. So they do it well. 
they'll continue to do it well, and I guarantee if they get upset by the Pokes, uh, they'll have some other built-in excuse because that's what the Aggies do. They're great at it. So excuses, excuses, and excuses over in College Station. But that is the fifth of six bowl games as we go from worst to first. Next up, the Alamo Bowl, Texas playing Utah. I mean, there's nothing about Utah that's sexy. I know they played in the Pac-12 title game. I know they almost had a shot at the college football playoff, and they were a top you know, six team going into the Pac-12 title game before they lost to Oregon. But there's nothing sexy about, uh, about this game. Now, for Texas, if the Longhorns, who finished 7-5, and five, beat a Pac-12 team that is ranked 11th and who is on the brink of a college football playoff appearance. Well, that's a nice bragging right for the Big 12, by the way. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. So there's little downside, all upside for the Big 12 in this game, which is an unusual spot to say about a Texas team. You know, usually Texas going into a bowl game is the hunted, not the hunter. But in this case, the Longhorns are the hunter. And that's a nice spot to be in if you're Tom Herman if you're this uh, Longhorns team. Now, I don't know how juiced up this team is going to be for this game. I hope more juice than I expect. I really hope they come out with a little bit of a uh, a pizzazz and upset the Utes going into the offseason. That would be pretty exciting, and that would give Tom Herman uh, a reason for optimism. It would launch him into the offseason, into recruiting season. It would be great. Uh, But let's see how this one plays out. But I've got it. Fourth on my list, fourth on the list for worst to first Big 12 Bowl games this season. Next up, Iowa State taking on Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. Now, this is another situation. It's all upside for the Big 12. I mean, it's great. If you pull this win off, you're turning heads. Now, the the lame excuse that favorites like Notre Dame, and like last year, Georgia, after losing the Sugar Bowl to Texas, the lame excuse they always use is, well, we don't care about this bowl game because we only care if we're in the college football playoff. You hear it all the time. It's so weak. It's such an excuse. But Notre Dame will use it if they lose this game. Iowa State is going to give this team and this program more than they can handle. And I think the nation's going to be watching, and they're going to be like, wow. I mean, that Iowa State team was 7-5 and five this year. Now, it's partially because of self-inflicted wounds and close losses, but it's going to turn some heads. It's going to turn some heads. It's going to be great for the Big 12. I think Iowa State, at worst, is going to play a close game here in this one. I'm not doing any picks yet. We'll do that as the games get closer. But I think it's going to be a heck of a game, and any chance you're a, a Big 12 team and you're not Texas or OU – and you get a national stage like playing Notre Dame, which obviously has eyeballs all over the country, uh, you're you're in for a big show. And I think Matt Campbell is going to have his guys juiced up and playing that underdog role in this game. Now for the top two as we go worst to first, uh, bowl games in the Big 12. You know what number one is going to be. Number two, Sugar Bowl, Baylor taking on Georgia. You know, last year Georgia was in the Sugar Bowl and lost to Texas. Now, Georgia was one of those teams making the excuse of, oh, well, we only play for national titles, and last year we lost out on a college football playoff. So they'll say the same thing this year. I think Baylor's going to be really juiced for this game. I think the defense is going to be obviously trying to play its tail off because now people are starting to realize, as we talk to Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, they're starting to realize that, hey, this 
Conference plays defense. All right? I understand it didn't play defense for almost a decade, but it's playing some damn good defense right now. And it's being led by the Baylor Bears. Look at what that side of the ball is doing. That defensive line is not just the best defensive line in the Big 12. It is one of the best defensive lines in America. That's how good it is. And it's going to be on display in the Sugar Bowl. It's going to confuse the heck out of Jake Fromm. And all of a sudden, the narrative of, oh, only the SEC plays defense. Well, the SEC fan base, at least the Georgia fan base, going to get a little taste of its own medicine come the Sugar Bowl on January 1st at 7.45 Central Time. And then, number one, the obvious one, the no-brainer, Oklahoma LSU in the college football playoff semifinal, the Peach Bowl. But also, for the Big 12, there's some house money going on here, right? I mean, outside of probably K-State Navy, the Big 12 is playing with house money in all of these bowl games, as it will probably be an underdog in five of the six bowl games when you think about it. So while OU's made the college football playoff now three years in a row for the past five years, there is some pressure to get the Big 12 to a national title game, which it hasn't done in the college football playoff era. But the fact that they're double-digit dogs in this game tells me that, you know what, most of America's not giving them a shot against Joe Burrow and the Tigers. And I think that is way off base. I'm going to be hammering OU to cover the spread. But with that being said, this game has some great storylines. These teams have met, obviously, in a national championship. And it's going to be fun to watch. And I just can't wait to see what the OU defense does as well. I know the offense still runs the show, but uh, let's see how this defense plays against LSU. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. There you have it. Worst to first. We go K-State, Navy in the uh, Liberty Bowl. Then, of course, it's Oklahoma State taking on Texas A&M in the Texas Bowl, followed by Texas-Utah in the Alamo Bowl, Iowa State, Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl. Second place, Georgia-LSU, check that, Georgia-Baylor, excuse me, in the Sugar Bowl. And then, of course, last but not least, it is uh, LSU-Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun to follow this stuff. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I get pretty juiced up for bowl season. Some people don't. I do. Uh, I just love to see the Big 12 uh, show off on the national stage because people continue to underrate it. Coming up next, some good news for a specific Big 12 team, but also for the Big 12 as a whole because of a coaching comment. We'll tell you what that is coming up next. Well, these certainly are some fun times across the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So uh, this was great news, not just for the Big 12, but for uh, specifically the Baylor Bears. Actually, it's not great news for the rest of the Big 12, but you know what? We should all look at it as good news, and I'll tell you why here in a second. Matt Rule went on uh, Golik and Wingo. And he talked about the fact that, you know what, he does not want, he has no interest right now in jumping elsewhere and going to, you know, the NFL or a bigger college football program. He, he doesn't want to do it. He's got unfinished business at Baylor. Here's the quote from Matt Rule telling ESPN Radio, I'm really committed to being at Baylor. It's a great, great place. You know, when college jobs have come at me this year, I've said, hey, absolutely not. 
Now, in terms of his past flirtations with the NFL, Rule said, quote, I think any time an NFL team is called in the past, people have kind of assumed that I wanted to go. I think when an NFL team calls, you're foolish if you don't at least hear them out and listen to them. But I don't think that's the time or place for me right now. Let's talk about part one of that quote from Matt Rule. He's committed to being at Baylor. It's a great place. He signs the extension, by the way, uh, in this past off or during the season it was. And I got to be honest. I know coaches say that all the time, right? They're like, oh, I love it here. And then they leave. Maybe I'm a sucker, but I believe Matt Rule when he says it. I buy into it when Matt Rule says it. Now, he's put his money where his mouth is. He signed extensions. And I know that those extensions don't necessarily mean a ton in college football, but he signed the extensions. And you know what? Yeah, he's talked to NFL teams. But when he puts it like that, you know, can you blame him, right? Like, if an NFL team calls and wants to talk to you, you got to at least take the phone call, right? And the more I thought about it after reading that quote, I said, I I get it. Like, think about whatever your profession is. Whatever your profession is. If uh, the top company or the best person in your sector, in your industry to do it, calls you and says, hey, Pete, listen, I, 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 I got a job here. I just want to fill you out for it and talk to you. Even if you've got a job that you really like and you know you're building, you take the call, right? You, you got to take the call. And I've got no problem with Matt Rule taking that call. None whatsoever. Uh, he also went on to say, quote, I think we're in the middle of building something really, really special at Baylor. And I think it can be even better next season. Uh, that's that's uh, that's scary for the rest of the Big 12, by the way. Now, I know that OU has owned this conference. Five straight Big 12 titles. Haven't done that since the uh, 70s. And it's unprecedented, nearly unprecedented in the conference. I understand all of that. But to think that the hierarchy, three years after a 1-11 and season in Waco and after what happened at the end of the Art Briles tenure, to think that the hierarchy in the Big 12 is OU and then Baylor, and it looks like it could stay that way for the foreseeable future, I, that, that's mind-blowing. And, you know, I know they got to replace parts on defense next year, but if you don't have faith in Phil Snow, I don't know who you have faith in. What this guy has done at defensive coordinator has been absolutely outstanding, and you got to respect every second of it. It has been so impressive and fun to watch, and Matt Rule has made a point of bringing defense back to this conference. Now, Adam Rittenberg, ESPN, said that Matt Rule has been the guy to do it. I don't think that's entirely true. Some of you have mentioned that to me on Twitter. You know, Matt Campbell was playing really good defense at uh, at Iowa State the last couple of years. Tom Herman and the Texas Longhorns, until this year, were playing really good defense. Gary Patterson's always uh, traditionally played really good defense at TCU. So I don't think Matt Rule brought that to the Big 12, but he has certainly helped the case for the conference. And when you think about what Matt Rule is doing at Baylor, you know, the rest of the Big 12, let's be honest, they got to be shaking their heads right now and saying, geez, we thought it was tough enough with OU at the top, uh, now we got this uh, this Baylor Bears program that I think is healthier and more sustainable for long-term success than it was under Art Bryles. You know, if you got Art Bryles off his offensive game, you'd roll him because they couldn't play defense. This Matt Rule Baylor Bears team is, uh, to use an old cliche, not your father's Baylor Bears team. This is not Art Bryles' team at all. 
Uh, this is a team that plays hard-nosed defense, and the offense, frankly, is trailing the defense when you talk about you know, which side of the ball is better. It's the defense, and it's not all that close. I mean, the offense has a solid line, good quarterback in Charlie Brewer, um, really good wide receiver depth, and a solid stable of running backs, but it's all about the defense on this team leading the way. So the rest of the Big 12 has got to be shaking its head and saying, geez, it's hard enough to move up in this conference because you play the round robin. It's only 10 teams. You can't avoid anybody like in the SEC when you play, what, one or two teams from the other side of the uh, conference every year. So you're playing a team once every six, seven years from the other side of the conference. It's a joke. I Frankly, it's a joke. The Big 12, there are no breathers. I mean, maybe you have a scheduling break like Baylor in the odd years. Baylor gets OU and Texas at home because they just flip-flop it every year. Next year, they have to go to Norman and they have to go to Austin. But outside of that, there's no avoiding anybody. So you've got to put your big boy pants on in this conference. Uh, You have to do it. And Matt Rule is just adding another layer uh, to the depth in the Big 12. And it is a lot of fun to watch. It's not great. If you're a fan of one of these other Big 12 teams outside of OU, but if you're a fan of the conference as a whole, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We're your Big 12 independent digital media outlet. Bowl season is here. We're going to have you covered through the entire month into the new year. Hopefully, OU playing for a national title. That would be a lot of fun against either Clemson or Ohio State. And we'll be back next week. And, of course, please take a minute out, guys, to leave us that rating, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail when you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you for spreading the word, by the way, to uh, friends, families, uh, Big 12 fans in general. We have grown this thing a ton this season because of you. I thank you for that. So please do leave that rating and review. That also helps us a ton, and we'll send you the koozie. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. Also check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash heartlandcollegesports. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk with you soon.